thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Monday, February 12th, and today is National Football Hangover Day, Yarrow. It's also National Plum Pudding Day and National Clean Out Your Computer Day. Sounds like a task all in itself. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can look down below on your screen to see exactly where we live on the internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and on our very own website at www.highatnightnews.com. But kicking it off first, that's right, we have the dope dad himself, rocking the profit beanie. Oh man, I see. feel like we got a thing going on because we got Luke wearing profit too. And oh my goodness, is it? Yeah, it's collusion. Jason. All the cool kids are doing oh, it these days. Oh man, well I'm wearing blue today. It's finest, Jason Beck. I bet, I bet it is the yeah, dope dad himself. Yes. To let everybody know, we're hiring Taylor Swift to do our sports betting yes. analysis. She's 100 percent accuracy right now. Well, let me let me be yeah. with profit for the rest of the year. Let, let me us know. let me tell you something about Swifty. She's she's, 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 she's ready to shake off your right wing conspiracy. She theory, she, she she is Just the best. She has the always been the best female at picking the wrong man. But nonetheless, it is the dope dad himself, <laughs> Rico Meat. Oh, yeah, Jason. Yeah, we're getting it off, um, mm -hmm. starting things off heated today. Yes. You know, we can talk about the Chiefs getting all up in the Niners' ass. They did not get up in no one's ass. They blocked Excuse one me, field goal, and that's the only Mahomes, thing that saved them games. Michael Jordan and Cleats got up in the, the Niners' Stop ass. The Stop, Stop the cap. Stop the cap. Ridiculousness. Okay. But we're going to go off to Minnesota, mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk about the trap. The more time wasted by do-nothing federal, state, and local governments refusing to deliver on promises to support and submit to the demands of their own people. For common sense, adult use cannabis regulation and expanded access for medical patients in need. The stronger the trap gets. The trap don't care about your economic cycles, election candidates, or your feelings. It will continue to do what it does, and its primary job is filling the gaps left by your favorite politicians and parties with tax-free opportunities for economic growth, delivering goods to those in demand, and it will never take sides in an argument that's none of its business. No more proof of that 
than in this morning's story coming out of Winnebago, Minnesota, a small Midwestern town whose mayor is currently facing charges after authorities busted an illegal growing operation on his property. Minnesota's Fox 9 staff reported yesterday the charges outline a year-long investigation into the operation after authorities were tipped off back in January 2023 with the number of cannabis plants being grown at a commercial-grade greenhouse, they put in quotes there, um, in the city's southern edge. State officials identified the owners of the greenhouse to be Scott and Jacob Robertson. Officials say Robertsons were previously licensed to grow hemp, but no longer had a license for 2023. Last August, Minnesota state legislature legalized marijuana possession and growing, but put limits on how much you can grow to eight plants at home in an enclosed locked space, not visible to the public. Police reports allege that investigators with the Southern South Central Drug Investigative Unit requested the State Department of Agriculture perform a site inspection on the Robertson's property, but we're told state officials are required to give advance notice of an inspection. <laughs> the great trap setup mm -hmm. right here. So <laughs> this, the charges state that after notice was given, witnesses told investigators the Robertsons had backed a trailer onto the property and removed all growing plants from inside the greenhouses at the property. The inspection in February 2023, surprisingly, uncovered no crops. <laughs> Per the article, one year later, the charges state that a Fairball County deputy reported to the drug task force that while visiting a nearby business, he could smell the strong order of unburnt marijuana. Must have been Delta 8. <laughs> oh, no, it could have been uh, THCA. Maybe that's what they smelled. Um, they were forced to visit the area of the greenhouse and smelled the same scent. This time around, South Central Drug Investigative Unit applied for search warrants three addresses connected to the green uh, to the robertsons including this greenhouse where they found 240 cannabis plants during the search and both scott and jacob robertson faith face unlawful cultivation charges in the complaint investigators say scott admitted to growing 200 plants at his greenhouse and both men said that they were the only ones involved in the operation sure they were <laughs> multiple reports identify scott robertson as the mayor of winnebago <laughs> what's up karen bass <laughs> fox 9 was able to determine a phone number um, associated with the mayor is registered to one of the addresses <laughs> it's like the worst operation ever man one of the one of his phone numbers was attached to one of the addresses where they found all of the plants him and his brother's term or his his term is set to expire at the end of this year and after being charged on Friday, both men, both brothers, <laughs> were out on bail Sunday. I'm Rico Lamit, the dopest dad on the street. I'm just telling news as I get it. The trap will live forever because it is immortal. Let's talk about it. Man. I mean, and the trap is also for all ages. Yes, yes. apparently so. It's very inclusive, Jason. It is. It it's is. very inclusive. I'm not, man. Man, I tell you what, I bet you he doesn't step down. I bet you he says, no, no. And he shouldn't. It's election interference. Election interference. Wasn't his son involved in this case, too? Yes. Yeah. If George Santos didn't step down until he was practically crucified. George Santos should not have, not, not, and they should not have removed George Santos. He was, he was elected. He was elected based on lies, and he deserves to stay. 
<laughs> Santos deserves to stay. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The camera just went. <laughs> You're killing me. Yeah. Well, I'm oh. just saying, you guys. Oh, I'm just saying. Well, mm. at the end of the day, we all just want to be able to grow. I don't think that it should matter what you do for work. If you're growing a plant, you should be allowed to grow a plant. That's right. Or two, I'm... or a dozen, or mm -hmm. five hundred, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that, but I mean, you know, Minnesota, I mean, this, this is the same state that, that hired a lady and then fired her the next day because she was, yeah, yeah like, like, it's confused over there. Yeah, I they, get it. They, they got a lot it's of confused. stuff going on that they need to work out within it's their cold, own house. Man. It's, not, it's hard to think straight when it's, it's that cold. You is just that need to watch is? the hot man news more to get it figured out. That's oh, it. Oh, man. You got all the instructions man. right here, 9 a.m. every mm -hmm. day for all your businesses. It would actually be high <laughs> noon for them out there because they're on East coast time andy no they're not they're, it's, it's no, that's work, why bro. they're confused central time oh they're on central time oh well then we need to switch 11 the name for them go to a time of day when they're paying attention it'll be 11 a.m for them mandy if they're in central time i had 11 mm -hmm. i had 11 <laughs> yes man i don't know man uh, um uh, do you do you think there's going to be more stories like this in these oh, sure. uh slow to move states where 100%. you have actual mayors of towns getting down and dirty i mean didn't we just have one about in, in georgia about about a, a mayor uh that was in town that got caught with some shit i feel like we just covered that last week to georgia i yeah. mean and get on him yeah <laughs> like... i mean y yarrow just looks like he's just like suffering in pain today i'm, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you why I'm suffering in pain, okay? You're okay. a Niners fan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's that for sure. But I'm suffering because okay. we, intellectually, we all know that prohibition is a failed policy. And yet we come on here and we kind of tackle with glee when we see politicians get tied up for things that anybody else, we would just have compassion, right? So there's a part of me that wants to uh, participate in the pinata party and beat this guy up a little bit here. Why not? And then there's Why another not? part of me that, that feels a little, a little bad, a little sad. Here's, here's what I think, right? I think that if I saw, you know, when we see these politicians get ensnared with corruption or they're taking bribes, I'm like, let's just pull their fingernails out one at a time with the pliers. This guy, he was just had a foot on, it seems like, on both sides of the fence. And I feel kind of bad because it doesn't seem like he did a really good job of doing that. He didn't cover his tracks. He had it on property owned. And then he admitted to it. So, yeah, weed for the people, but also Pop Brothers at Law. Like, if you're going to get questioned, mm -hmm. you are supposed to be quiet. STFU. Um, yeah. STFU. Yeah. At a time. That's right. Exactly. Right. One like, just get counsel. And so I just feel like he maybe he's not as good as a mayor as I'd want him to be if he doesn't know how to get in trouble the right way. He didn't de-risk it. And then I, I'm always skeptical when they say commercial-grade greenhouse. Like, I, I never trust right. these press releases. <laughs> that might just mean that they ran an extension cord to it. Like, I don't know what they mean by commercial-grade. <laughs> maybe, uh, may, maybe Yaro, he should have signed up for our online Traptastic classes. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I like that idea. Yes, yes, yes. We show you how to maneuver. And, and, and times are tough, right? I don't know. Maybe his wife had some incurable cancer that wasn't covered by their health insurance. No, um, that would have been in the story. They would, they would have touched on that if that was the case. It doesn't you're matter why he was growing. You're just making up excuses for matter. stupid. All right, Yaro. Why? 
just, irrelevant whether it was to make money, yeah. whether it was because someone was sick, whether it was because he just wanted to grow. I mean, weed. I think Does I anyone... think what would be really interesting is to contrast his public statements and policy positions on cannabis with his extracurricular activities. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just really confused. Most politicians historically have gone on record being against this plant. I'm just because it yeah. was unpopular thing to do anything else. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that that's necessarily how they actually felt. Right. You know, yeah. Oh, that, that's it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, take right there, uh, Mandy. Do you think that uh, that cannabis might be like the next, you know, uh, um, politicians being outed for being gay? You know, like the the, the, the strong oh, homophobic boy. politicians oh. are always toe tapping in sure. bathrooms and getting caught. Airplane, <laughs> airport bathrooms, to be clear. <laughs> okay, so like, I mean, maybe I'm desensitized. Probably, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna preface this with my desensitization because I. And All good. It rains weed on me every day, so it's raining it weed. Me, but um, <laughs> rain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we all just need to be left alone when it comes to this plant. I don't care why he was growing it, what he was doing for his work, who he was giving it to, whether or not he was making money. None of these things are my business. Mm -hmm. it doesn't. Well, you know what is? And you know what is the business? I, Hold on, I'm not done yet. Okay. So <laughs> when you were saying like, um, when you were saying, you know, do you think this is like the new wave of outing politicians? By all means, I want to tell any politician who is outed for this plant, wear that hat so hard. Ride that wave because that is what the next wave of politicians will be doing. They will be taking ownership whatever choices they've made especially when it comes to something that's never killed anybody or actually hurt anyone and th th when they can shout out from their position that our government has been lying to you people to mm -hmm. our people and completely and totally wrecking the lives of so many families for almost a hundred years now mm -hmm. very true they very should be proud to stand and this whole entire industry will have their back for it that part is true too. That part is true too. I personally will. Yeah, they should they should one hundred percent become the bad guy. I'm a little confused. I'm confused on this, guys. I need I need some help. You you do need some help, but I'm not sure any of us are really qualified. Here here here's the thing. Here here's the thing. Here's the thing. I need some help understanding. So 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 Rico, you you stated that one of the ways that he got caught is that he had a cell phone linked with the address that they were trapping out of. <laughs> it was linked to his address. There's a legal. Who does that? A not so so like 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 they, they they have they they have prepaid phones. They have Cricket. They have Net Ten. They have uh, uh all these different. You know what I'm saying one of your staffers. To, to, exactly. To you like you got a little underling to 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 do. To he carry he out. never watched HBO The Wire back in the day. Oh, he didn't get it, man. man. He didn't get it. But you know, we could start like a trapper class, right? Like I, we I could, think we should. You know, I think we should. Cannabis do education is a yeah, is a much class. needed thing. Yeah. We and and everybody's running at cannabis education from Amsterdam to Greenflower University, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. They're yep. standing it up through these social equity programs. Maybe if those programs and regulated cannabis isn't going to be successful like it should be, we just start Trapper U. Mm -hmm. And we start yeah. a university to tell people Online. what not to do. Online. Online school. <laughs> 
No, not online because they'll track your IP address. I don't it's care. Gonna be in we'll some we'll, we'll switch it up. We'll have a whole bunch of different VPNs that is constantly changing every five minutes. <laughs> yes. We're going to have it in a dark cave around candles like a druid shamanic circle. <laughs> and we'll have like Trapper like, U. Like Trapper U. Yeah. Oh, man, I can just. Uh, well, well, what, would our, what would our colors be, Yarrow? Green? <laughs> Green no, no, because it's got to be it's got to be DL. It's not green. It's going to be it's going to be either red, white and blue or it's going to be camo like the blue and white camo, camo is green. Oh, know? like snow camo. You mean snow camo? Yeah. Snow yeah. Snow camo. camo. All right. Well, and on that on that Trapper University is now open and we are accepting online uh, petitions and classes and sign up <laughs> oh now at our God. website at www.hyatt9news.com. And on that, You're we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. Trap you. Yes. <laughs> Hey, you, America. Do I look like Sean Connery? <laughs> Good morning, America. Saman Razani coming to you live from sunny Los Angeles, California with the one and only highest host, Mr. Jason Beck, smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast? You can find it on Apple Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. No excuses in 2024. If you haven't checked us out, check it out now. And also, check out what the profit's doing in 2024. I have to definitely check into this profit thing all of you guys are talking about. Yeah. <laughs> all right, y'all. Up next, it's the man known for smoking the best weed in the world. Also for being the highest Republican <laughs> mm -hmm. in every room. That's right. And also want to have a, um, a conjure up a large round of applause because I'm the first one to release this information. It has just been released that Jason Beck has been tapped to become President Trump's diversity and inclusion czar no. for yes. the 2024 election. That sounds about Shut right. Up. That sounds You're about right. Shit up. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Oh my God. Yes, that's right. I'm a DEI specialist. That, Not is, even that is for oh sure i'm so you this have no clue so crazy. it's so true it's so true but you know what nonetheless it's gonna be okay because i'll tell you what you guys thca is in the news today you guys that's right tennessee cannabis products industry worry that that's right in tennessee could new regulations stop sales in the state they ask mike solomon of tennessee's leading sellers of legal cannabis believes the state is engaging in regulatory bait and switch on one hand the new law went into effect last year regulating the sale of hemp derived products to those 21 and older seemingly uh, cementing into place what had already become a growing tennessee based industry of legalized non-marijuana cannabis. After all, such products have been legally nationally since 2018. On, uh, on, the, on the other, the state's Department of Agriculture, which is drafting specific rules for the new law, is considering restrictions on a chemical, uh, certain hemp products, THCA, tetrahydrobal cannabinoid acid. THCA is legal, but minus the effects of traditional marijuana high when it's burned or turned into certain edible products. In quotes, it's not making these products illegal. It's just going to make these products illegal to sell in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. These products are some of the most sought after products that people want for many different reasons, they say. 
And no such restriction on THCA was written into the law itself, so many hemp product supporters feel betrayed by the state and believe it could ruin the Burgoyne industry. Meanwhile, these TH, the, these uh, products are still federally legal, thus obtainable through the mail. In Maryville, Tennessee, Lori Nanley, the owner of Tokers Incorporated, is worried about the future of her business. In a quote, she says, THCA is 85% of all retail sales, Nanny said. She says, it's going to eliminate most consumables, all smokables, all cartridges, all dabs, a concentrated form of cannabis commonly smoked vaped and all flower the leafy form of cannabis and it's going to eliminate most edibles and another quote this is going to destroy the entire industry these people in the business are not going to have homes in a few months if this goes this way on Thursday, the Department of Agriculture held a hearing to receive opinions from the public on the proposed rule changes. As of this week, it received more than 2,000 written public comments and scores uh, turned out to mostly criticize the inclusion of THCA in the new rules. Some said they'd turn to the black market to travel out of state for marijuana if that happened. Others who operate legal cannabis businesses said they'll be forced to shut down. Others complained of government overreach. I noticed no one saying screw them and they're just going to stay open anyway but nonetheless I guess there's no real patriots out there. Kim Doddridge the spokesperson for the department did not respond directly to such claims she said only after after this what I will call a listening session we're going to take those comments and what changes need to be made to the proposed rules. And so you may want to ask is, isn't marijuana legal in Tennessee? Yes, it is legal to possess or sell marijuana for adult use uh, and nearly all medical reasons in Tennessee. However, state law allows for some exceptions for low THC, high THC CBD oils for use by people with certain health conditions. Otherwise, penalties start at up to one year in jail and a $250 fine the first time offense for possessing up to a half ounce of marijuana. However, in 2018, the U.S. Congress removed hemp and hemp products from the Drug Enforcement Administration's Controlled Substances Act, opening the door for products that approximate the effects of marijuana, such as THCA and Delta 8 products. Some states have outlawed them, and this has not happened in Tennessee. But there's some hazy legal distinction, you guys, because the confusing set of state and federal laws governing cannabis is driving much of this current controversy. At issue is the inclusion of the current legal THCA in the definition of the currently legal THC in rules governing legal hemp products in Tennessee. THC provides the psychoactive effect that marijuana is known for, and THCA doesn't unless it's exposed to heat, duh. A process known as decarboxylation, or better yet, lighting up. THCA plant flowers are also <laughs> grown in such a way that they are considered hemp and don't run afoul of federal law. They're grown in such a way. These guys are crazy. They're grown in a way. It's a hazy legal distinction, but of this Tennessee hemp products industry, insiders say THCA products constitute the vast majority of the market here. They also note that banning their sale here won't stop their use and they're legal federally and thus available to buy online. State law also does not prohibit their use or possession and the Department of Agriculture will review all comments received by February 9th and work to develop final rules. They then will be sent to the state attorney general's office for review and 
forward to the Secretary of State's office. They will be effective 90 days after that, and there are no further public hearings planned for that matter. Ultimately, the new rules must be in place by July 1st, you guys, right in time for the 4th of July. That's right, and this is Jason Beck for the High at 9 News. What do y'all have to say about this? THCA in Tennessee. Um, THC, yay! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... I- I love this because I feel like this is like a revolution, like a, a like everyone's revolting. Like we don't care what the feds say. We don't care from state to state. THCA, I love the joke. Mm-hmm. I love that someone came up with this loophole. I love that it's happening out there in the world. Um, and the feds just need to give up and yes. succumb to the fact that we're not, <laughs> I mean- we're not- Ever going to stop? What, ever. But but what what about all these people that have all these businesses? None of us are, say, are saying screw you guys. We're going to stay open and and da 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 da. And you guys already let the cat out of the bag. They're saying that you're going to force us to close our businesses and we're going to become homeless. Well, so I just want to be clear because I read the article and I am two cups of coffee and yeah, we are talking about hemp derived cannabinoids. We're talking about Turn THCA. We're talking about hemp-derived cannabinoids in a state that doesn't have a robust medical and adult-use cannabis program. That part's true for for accessing cannabinoids, mm-hmm. and and so I think what we're seeing here is, first of all, I believe that the greatest threat to a functional, regulated cannabis program in any state is the underregulated hemp industry, mm-hmm. and. I believe that we have a ticking time bomb, and I've said it here before, and I'll say it here again. I believe we have a ticking time bomb that some person under 18 is going to access some type of hemp-based edible in one of these states that doesn't have adult-use cannabis. Something terrible is going to happen, and when that person gets injured or injures somebody else or a whole gas station explodes, the government's going to come in and they're going to overregulate what has currently been underregulated. And so I think we need to sort of strip away this paradigm of cannabis versus hemp. One has a fence, one doesn't, to quote Joanna Cedar, somebody who's brilliant when it comes to hemp policy. And we we need to start regulating cannabinoids based on whether they're psychotropic or not. And so my concern is these people are crying foul with the state. And, and I'm not one for burdensome government regulation, but there is a real problem here that does need to be addressed. And if the industry, and I would say both the cannabis and hemp side of that, you know, broader umbrella industry, if I was going to use a single term, if the industry doesn't start to regulate itself and decide how it de-risks what it puts into the market, then the government is going to have no choice but to come in and overregulate. And if the federal government isn't regulating to a degree that's in step with the science and what's happening, aka 2018 was five years ago or more, and word on the street is that they're not even going to do anything with this in 2024, and that's probably going to get kicked into 2025, Mm -hmm. then what is the state supposed to do, right? Like, so we're complaining about the state coming in to do something, but show me an industry that's self-regulating. Show me an industry that is tacking towards the bell curve, de-risking, transparency in what's in the products, supply chain assurance, uh, age restriction on products. And so if the industry doesn't do it, something bad is going to happen, and then government's going to overregulate, or states are going to have to come in and fill the gap. Mm-hmm. I mean. Or 
The trap. The trap. The trap is going to Well, well the trap. The trap. That's the trap's role, Yaro. That, that, yeah. that, that's the first. Yes. That's the first state where we are going to offer trap university. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that, that is the uh, that's the uh, election slogan. Yes, right? we're gonna, we're going to open it up right in. We're going to open up Trappers trap University right in Memphis, and we're going to have we're going to have we're going to have a, a young Dolph Hall right there in Memphis. Yes. At Trappers University. Yes, hey, yes. hey, hey, hey. Yeah. rest in peace and big love to uh, 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 Dolph, man, young but, Dolphin. Yeah. But I, I I think too much agreement kills a good conversation. And while I appreciate Mandy's sort of, you know, middle finger to the Fed, feds and whatnot, it, it, to me, this isn't a place where these people are advocating for cannabis access for cancer patients. It's not mm-hmm. a Wisconsin. It's not a place where I'm worried about grandma being able to get medical cannabis. This is people who are selling something for most likely adult use. So people have an alternative in terms of how they enjoy themselves and so i'm a little less uh passionate about that part than i would if this was why 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 can you not be passionate for your human rights like you get to choose yourself and yeah yeah, let's not even forget about that part that part i wasn't even gonna go down that path but thank you um -hmm. like really there there's a lot to be said about just being allowed to do what you want Mm -hmm. and Let's not forget this plant hasn't killed anybody. Hold right, on, so hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. My, hold on. The plant has killed one person. It was a true leave employee. Actually, my story today is gonna talk about the ancillary fatalities that do occur as a result of this industry or as a result of underregulation or as a result of not having the safety and security this industry deserves to have. So we need to get rid of that talking point because it is actually not accurate. And furthermore, if we go back to Vapegate, we understand that we are the first generation in the history of humanity that has actually made cannabis fatal. And we did that by putting unsafe products on a plant and then concentrating that down and putting it into cartridges and not having medical devices. I don't, I don't think when it comes to hardware. I don't think that was That's our fault, Yaro. I don't think no. that was our fault. But I, 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 no. I, 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 I I'm not saying whose fault it is. I'm just saying it is no longer accurate to say that cannabis is no longer has has ever killed anybody. Well, no, I, I, I think I think the only case you can say that for around cannabis, where a lot of people have been killed, a lot of people, people, people. the plant itself has not never. Yep. Right, but that's like saying a bullet has never killed anybody because somebody right. else had to pull exactly. the trigger. Yarrow, people kill people. That's true. Guns don't guns don't kill people. People kill people. That's true, Yarrow. And on that, we get we're gonna keep this train. We're gonna keep this train rolling. We're gonna keep this train rolling. We're gonna roll right on into Miss Mandy Tingler. She's the founder of the Women's Cannabis Awards and. Make sure you get your tickets because it's going to be one hell of a jam in March. That's right. It is none other than Miss Mandy Tingler. Good spicy Monday morning, everybody. Yes. I like I like the banter today. I have a really exciting story, actually, that has some very promising medicinal cannabis news. Came to us out of Benzinga. <clears throat> And the headline, if this doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. Marijuana extract can kill melanoma melanoma cells. A new study reveals possible treatment for skin cancer. 
The new study indicates that potential treatment for melanoma, a skin cancer beginning in the melanite cell, God, I can't even talk today, melocyte cells, which makes the pigment that gives skin its color. Melanoma typically results from overexposure to the sun. While skin cancer is one of the most common cancers in the United States, it accounts for only about 1% of cancers, yet it causes a large majority of deaths, according to the American Cancer Society. New research published in a peer-reviewed cell journal conducted by scientists from Charles Darwin University and RMIT University offers <clears throat> hope for the creation of a natural treatment for melanoma. The study, part of a PhD project by RMIT's Dr. Ava Bakari, showed that a specific cannabis extract, it's called PX, or PHEX66, from the cannabis sativa plant binds to receptor sites on particular melanoma cells, controlling its growth at two key phases and increasing the amount of damage to these cells. Dr. Nazim Nasser, study co-author at CDU, pharmaceutical lecturer, said that his, this damage particularly tricks cells into killing itself. It, this inhibitory effect arises from interactions with the CB1 and CB2 receptors, the paper reads. It says the damage to the melanoma cell prevents it from dividing into new cells and instead begins a programmed cell death, also known as apoptosis, the Dr. Nasser. This is a growing area of important research because we need to understand cannabis extracts as much as possible, especially their potential function as anti-cancer agents. If we know how they react to cancer cells, particularly in the cause of cell death, we can refine treatment techniques to be more specific, responsive, and effective. According to Nasser, who specializes in cancer cell biology, pharmacology and drug delivery systems, the next step should be to create a targeted delivery system for the melanoma cells in preparation for clinical pretrials. Clinical uses of cannabis extract include treatment for anxiety, cancer-related symptoms, epilepsy, chronic pain. Intensive research into its potential for killing melanoma cells is only at the start, and we, as we investigate how this knowledge can be applied to treating different types of cancers, we need to pay attention. Professor Nitin Matur, lead author of the RMIT Biotechnologist, said that there needs to be a thorough follow-up to assess the long-term efficacy and safety of this PHEC66 extract. Subsequent stages involve animal studies or preclinical trials to validate and further explore the efficacy of the cannabinoid PHEC66 in treating melanoma and other cancers. Both authors stress the need for support in sponsorship to eventually qualify this as a registered medicine. I don't know about you guys, but skin cancer has affected several members of my family. And this is something that I get so incredibly excited about. Can't wait to hear my fellow correspondents how to say. Turning it back to you guys. It's Bandy at Hyatt 9 News. News, Mandy. This is huge, huge news right here. Huge news. Huge, huge. Y-U-G-E. Huge. Mm-hmm.
this is, I mean, I, I wish Matthew was joining us today because he recently just had a, a, a cancer scare with uh, something on his face and he had ha, had it removed and it ended up uh, being non-cancerous. So, so we're very happy um, about that. But um, there's so many people and that, that just from being out in the sun, not, not using proper skin protection or whatnot. And some people are just very, very susceptible uh, to, to the sun and, um, more, more than others. And so I think this is fantastic that this, that this news is coming out and whoever did this study, bravo to them. Um, because this is, this is the type of stuff that we need to be, to be coming out with. And kudos to Mandy for continuing to make sure that we are covering medical advancements and the, you know, the conversation about cannabis as medicine, as it continues to slowly progress. And then those of us who spent much too much time in indoor cultivation facilities have also probably burned the heck out of our skin by irradiating our mm. dermal layer with HPSs and metal halides. So, you know, and, and I really appreciate also that you were touching upon uh, the, the the fatality rate of this cancer versus other cancers. So, mm -hmm. you know, my, my maternal grandma got skin cancer and uh, when it wasn't treated quickly enough, it, it, it it spread to mm -hmm. other parts of her body and and she died of cancer and so um you know it, it's easy to to cover the glamorous side of cannabis but i think the medical side in the long run is probably the most the most fulfilling opportunity for us to interact with the plant well i i think that's one thing that we that we carry with ourselves as being longtime operators that we've helped so many cannabis patients throughout the years that have really needed for like serious serious medical needs and this just this just this just uh provides that proof that that all the work that we've been doing all over the years is not in vain so shout out. Yeah. yeah, I, I really, I really like this story. I, I you know, I, I feel like you, you've, you've said it all though, Mandy, with it, with this, like the, 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 the proof is in the pudding and, uh, it's, it's so exciting. And you know what? I love sharing these kinds of stories. I love that they were very transparent and said that they still need to get funding and, and more backing for this. Um, there's a lot of really amazing privately funded companies out there conducting tremendous research that utilizes cannabis in the treatment of treatment of cancer. Um, a matter of fact, uh, I'm going to plug this because it's super important. Mm -hmm. The women's Canna awards picked the saving Sophie organization because Saving Sophie's founder, Tracy Ryan, has been spending the last, like, I think it's eight years doing clinical clinical trials down in Mexico with physicians and um, scientists and utilizing cannabis in conjunction with increasing the uh, production of natural killer cells and helping people cancer mm -hmm. and they're now into human trials and it's tremendous what they're finding it's so incredibly exciting if i was diagnosed with cancer that's exactly where i'd be going mm -hmm. and and on that we're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back the control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. 
All right, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. I know we'll appreciate it. You'll appreciate it, and even YouTube will appreciate it. Also, subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed already, and all of the articles that we cover on today's show you can read directly on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. And one quick special announcement for you guys. This weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we will be in Long Beach at the Cali Vibes Festival, turning it up with a lot of great people. Be Ooh, real cheap. Yeah. Yes. Miss Mandy Tingler will be there. Luke Scarmazzo will be there uh, all weekend long. We'll be doing the things. I'll be moderating all the panels. Cannabis Talk 101 will be out there. Be Real TV uh, will be out there. And so we're going to have an amazing time, and we look forward to seeing you all there. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah. You know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Coming up next. That's right. It is the Sebastopol Sage himself, Mr. Yarrow Kubrin, who does cannabis. Every now and again, he'll do some real estate. And then on Sundays, he does cannabis and real estate together. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Yarrow D. Kubrin. I don't even want to ask what the D stands for. So please. Shh. Um, <laughs> I think the D stands for defense, and after Sunday, I just uh, I don't want to talk. You're on the you're on the defensive, huh? <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I am on the defensive. Uh, we did our best yesterday, and uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So. Mm. What I do want to talk about, good morning, first of all, hi at nine viewers. Good morning, good morning, Monday, February 12th. Thank you. I really appreciate my esteemed co-hosts and panelists. But what I do want to talk about is if it bleeds, it leads. And I am segueing on what we said earlier today about never killing anybody. And that is still true. However, as an intro, let's lead into my story. L.A. investigating the body found in fire at clandestine cannabis lab in Green Meadows. Los Angeles police are investigating an explosive and deadly fire at the Green Meadows industrial site early Saturday after a body was recovered amidst an illegal cannabis operation, fire and police officials said. The body appears to be that of a man, although officials have yet to confirm the person's identity, said Brian Humphrey, the Los Angeles Fire Department spokesman. Officer Javier Chavez, an LAPD spokesman, said that a second person was transported to a hospital in critical condition, though he had no additional information on the cause or the nature of the person's injuries. Chavez said that the operation uncovered at the industrial building in the 800 block of East Manchester Avenue was being investigated as a legal butane honey oil clandestine lab. Butane honey oil is a potent product used, made using highly flammable butane to heat marijuana extract. 
The process is considered volatile and extremely dangerous, and such underground operations are illegal despite the broader legalization of many cannabis products in California. Humphrey said that 113 firefighters blazed the battle for more than an hour after arriving on scene to the sound of explosions following a 911 call about 1.15 a.m. Humphrey said the building was about 100 feet long by 50 feet wide and appeared abandoned from the outside, but that didn't add up given the explosiveness and the strength of the fire. As firefighters began trying to knock down the blaze, they realized that some sort of cannabis operation had been underway inside. Humphrey said there were cannabis products, processing equipment, and some sort of gas cylinders lying around. They fought to enter the building, then they were pushed back as a fire grew and the building gave way. The blaze initially threatened other surrounding buildings, but firefighters were able to contain it to the one building, Humphrey said. After containing the fire and entering the site further, firefighters found the body. A team from the Los Angeles coroner's office also responded to the scene and removed the body. The hash oil produced in such labs have been increasingly popular, particularly with the rise of electronic cigarettes, but they have also caused many explosions in Southern California, landing hash chefs and other bystanders in burn centers with catastrophic injury. In just one example, an explosion at a lab in a commercial building near Knott's Berry's Farm in Anaheim in 2022 injured at least four people, including two firefighters. This is Yaro Kubrin, Hyatt 9 News. I'd like to know what my other guests think. Man. Fires, bro. Fires are dangerous, man. Fires are dangerous. Did, did, did it say how the fire was started? Because that's one of the things that I always wonder whenever we have a, a cannabis fire. So it didn't, but I can tell you from my considerable experience that a lot of times these butane labs are underventilated. And when you're not building to code and you don't have mm -hmm. uh, a mandate to do things uh, in a way that is in accordance with best construction practices, the chances of something like this happening is much, much greater. So you think and there was a butane we've lab seen explosion? These, so you yeah, think we've seen these butane, butane honey oil lab explosions for decades and in some areas it's the only place where law enforcement really brings down the hammer because they recognize the the danger of this we've seen it in multi-unit apartment buildings we've seen it in residential places um and and so yeah it's a problem anytime people are using volatile organic compounds and they don't have the appropriate safety stuff they are making cannabis fatal right mm -hmm. and so the cannabis didn't kill somebody but the behavior and and <laughs> and what the people were doing related to cannabis was absolutely fatal mm -hmm. and so this is a perfect example of why regulated cannabis, in spite of its its warts, its missteps, its policy fumbles, is not a terrible thing. Because these, these facilities tend to be pretty rinky-ranky-jank, and they don't prioritize workplace safety. None of them are Cal OSHA approved. No, definitely I mean, not. Definitely not. I mean, I mean, I mean, some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them could be. Um, some of them could be. Um, and, and I think that that's just a level of skill set. You have some operators that operate on a higher level. You have some operators that operate on on whatever level. I mean, in, in the start of this, we all used to just do this with PVC pipe in, the, in our backyard. So, uh, you know, the, the industry. But our backyards had adequate ventilation. No, they didn't. And no, they so didn't. Because I've seen I've seen people I mean, blow up in their backyards, so that's not that's not that's not accurate. That's the, did you ever you never saw that video where the kid had the little the little hot pot maker, um, and and uh, because that was electric, it caught it ignited the gas that would still hadn't blown away because the wind wasn't strong enough. Oh yeah, bro, they blew up outside. Yeah. No, I, I didn't see that. I do remember having a PVC contraption and sticking the butane in it yeah. and doing it outside. Um, you know, but even when we were doing things in the medical days, 
We used real electricians who built to code. We used real HVAC people who built to code. And even with that, if you don't have specialists who understand the potential risk of toxic and volatile and explosive gases, mm -hmm. uh, the chances that this is going to continue to happen on the unregulated market, unfortunately, in my opinion, remain very high. Yeah. And I think we need to stop saying that cannabis has never killed anybody because cannabis hasn't killed anybody. But unregulated cannabis, the crime associated with it, the industrial accidents associated with it. Did you say what was the first couple of words in that sentence? I think we need to stop saying that cannabis has never killed anybody. And we need to start because it's it's it's. Because it's, it's a illegal, myopic. Because it's illegal. I'll tell you why. Oh, I'll illegal. tell you why. It's because a it's a myop. It's a myopic way of not acknowledging some of the risks that have traditionally been associated with both the legacy and medical market, and the way in which that has impacted people. And when we do that, I don't think we invite more people into our cause. I think it shows that some of us in the industry have blinders to some of the ancillary risks that are real. And the sooner we can acknowledge that, the more credible we're gonna be taken by people outside the industry. The mm -hmm. only That's real risks around this plant are the ones that law enforcement has been raking over everybody's lives for the last, what, 90 something years, okay? Last 100 like, years. All of the lies we've been told, like that, I, I get that from what you're saying. I, I, I cannot get with you what, you what you just stood on. I cannot. Yeah, so tell that to the young man who got shot in the back of his head in Sebastopol in about 2012 because out-of-state people came to broker cannabis and Instead of paying him, they shot him in the back of the head. But Yarrow, but that's because of prohibition. I'm talking about that's because that is because of prohibition. This plant will kill us by in by intaking it, by using it. It will make us crazy. We're gonna kill our kids. We're gonna be, not be able to be functioning adults. Bullshit. Right, but I think that you're. I think you're conflating the argument. You're, you're you're conflating the argument that I'm making. When people say that nobody has died from cannabis, that is accurate, but it is not the totality of what it has been like to operate in a legacy and medical market with under-regulation and unsafe environments. And those unsafe environments, I'm not talking about the particulate matter from a cure-leaf facility. I'm talking about the lack of protections that we had as an industry. I'm talking about the safety and security issues. And I am talking about the concentration of pesticides heavy metals and toxins into cannabis concentrates and the way in which we just didn't have consumer safety in place. And it's not that we didn't want it. It's that we didn't have a framework that supported it. Oh, and no, so I, I, I think it was, it's, it was, think it's we important were, to we acknowledge were, that. We, we were ignorant to, to those different things at the time. I Absolutely. Mean, it's just like, it's just like, it's just like we, with dabs. When, it's just like when with dabs. We, when we, we all used to when say we red weed, go. When we grew weed, we used Omni-rated products on our weed because we thought that if it was Omni and it was an Organic Materials Review Institute product that we could freely spray it on our flower and that we'd be okay. Sure. 10 years later, we learned actually just because it's organic doesn't mean it should be heated and aerosolized and absorbed through the lungs sure. alveoli. Guess so what, Yarrow, all of this, all of this would not have even been a topic of discussion if this plant hadn't been criminalized and if we hadn't been sold- 100%, she's right, she's right about that, Yarrow. 100%, she is more than right about that. I don't know mm -hmm. if the audience ever feels this way, but when I get on this show sometimes, I get to talking and I can't tell if I need to calm down or ramp up. Yes. I don't know.
I'm like stuck yeah. somewhere in the middle right now. Oh, go with man. both. <laughs> All right. Well, 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 on that, we're going to go to a commercial so Mandy can cool down real quick and we'll be right back. Get ready for the 20-year anniversary celebration of the Emerald Cup. The Emerald Cup will be held at the Henry J. Kaiser Center for the Arts in downtown Oakland, May 4th and 5th. Get your tickets now for best pricing. Cannabis categories include flour, pre-roll, solventless concentrates, solvent concentrates, cartridges, edibles, topicals, tinctures, and alternative cannabinoids. So enter early for your chance to be a winner at the 20-year anniversary Emerald Cup competition. All right, all right, you guys. Here, here we go. Here we go. Are you ready for this? New York medical cannabis bills in the legislature aim for reciprocity, nixing excise taxes. You guys, sounds like it could be some good news coming up in New York. A bill currently making its way through New York State Legislature would allow marijuana company, uh, marijuana cannabis patients from other states to buy weed at New York medical dispensaries. An important step to protecting the medical market, advocates say. I noticed that they say medical dispensaries. They didn't say all dispensaries. They spe they specifically said the medical ones. Hmm. And quotes, patients conditions do not understand state lines, said Nikki Lolly, a cannabis patient advocate and founder of the Nikki and the plant. The amount of uh, patients that get frustrated that come to our state and can purchase their medicine is a huge issue. Under the current state law, medical marijuana shops may only sell to patients registered in New York, meaning they cannot sell any products to people with medical cards from New Jersey, Connecticut, or any other state. If the medical reciprocity bill passes, it would allow certified medical cannabis patients from other states to access New York's medical cannabis dispensaries so long as they can provide documentation proving their patient status. Uh, New York uh, Senator uh, Jeremy Cooney who introduced the legislation said it's problematic that New York, a state where about 1 million out-of-state workers come and go each day, does not currently allow non-residents to access medicine prescribed by health professionals. In a quote, New York is one of the most visited states in the country from tourists to daily workers. So many non-New Yorkers utilize the state services, Cooney said. Anyone who needs medical cannabis should be able to access it in New York if they've been approved in another state. Additionally, the bill would allow medical dispensaries to sell pre-rolls and uh, medically me medical cannabis registered organizations supporting the bill argue that it could help help mitigate some, uh, some, some attrition from the medical program that New York has seen since the state legalized adult use cannabis nearly three years ago, said Frank Tice, senior director and legal and external affairs at Aton and RO owned by RIV Capital Incorporated. Tice, uh, who has worked in the cannabis industry in multiple states, said that the states that launch adult use cannabis marketplaces often see a lot of their medical patients leave the program. That tend include that that trend includes in New York. New York State had more than 151,000 certified medical patients before lawmakers passed the MRTA in early 2021. That number has since dropped to a little over 120,400, according to the Office of Cannabis Management data. Almost 30,000 patient drop and about 2,000 fewer than last February. In quotes, we're at this crucial infliction point where the Office of Cannabis Management has started really rolling out the adult 
adult use program, Ty said. When uh, adult use programs come online historically in other states, what you see is a natural uh, attrition in the medical program. Atien, a member of the New York Medical Cannabis Industry Association, supported this bill when it was first introduced last year, Ty said. Last year, it never made it out of committee, but Ty said he feels good about the bill's chances this year, especially after it received a positive vote in the, in the Senate Health Committee and is currently before the Finance Committee. Aton, along with the NYMCIA, is also supporting the bill in New York's legislature, also introduced by Cooney, which would repeal the 7% excise tax medical medical patients pay for each purchase, Tice said. However, he's less confident in that bill's chances in passing this session. That bill is more of a TBD to see if it can be successful, Tice said. In a statement to New York Cannabis Insider, Cooney said a major reason it's important not to tax patients for medical weed products is to keep Keep in the medical program rather than seeking marijuana elsewhere. We can't have a, in a quote, we can't have a patient decide it's super, it's cheaper and easier to self-medicate using, using the retail market or worse, the unregulated illicit market when they should have easy access to high quality pharmaceutical grade products, Cooney said. I agree with that. That makes sense. However, medical cannabis advocate uh, Lolly is a bit skeptical about nixing taxes on medical products altogether. The tax hasn't felt so burdensome to her and she told patients she she said patients already pay significantly less uh, for the same products offered at adult use shops altogether lolly also worries that uh, that if the state dry uh, derives zero tax dollars from the medical sales, regulators and lawmakers would be less willing to invest resources into New York's already underserved medical program. In a quote, she says, I feel that if we eliminate the tax, what the incent- what's the incentive for New York State to keep, keep, medic- to keep the medical program, Lolly said. I personally, didn't, I personally don't really n- notice the excise tax. Well, 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 I, I mean, I think she's a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, nonetheless, saying that she wants the tax. But what what do you, any thoughts on this, Mandy or Yarrow, New York? And of course they should have reciprocity. This is crazy that they don't. Yarrow, you want to go? <laughs> Yarrow's on mute. Yarrow's going to unmute himself. There I was go. busy typing in the chat, trying oh, to multitask man. so I can keep both channels going. Get it. <laughs> I mean, you know what I feel about taxes, right? I think they take these taxes in general. They allocate them to worthy causes to justify heavy taxes on the industry. Mm-hmm. And then they step on our neck with burdensome costs and overregulation in a way that only supports an unregulated market and makes it so licensed operators can't make any real paper. So I'm not a big proponent of the of taxes on cannabis for any reason. I don't really care what the reason is. I think that the way in which they are using cannabis taxes for worthy causes is just a a way to keep taxes high. So when New York mm-hmm. is talking about lowering taxes, any market talking about lowering taxes, I'm in, I'm in favor of it because I don't I think the three biggest risks to regulating cannabis are burdensome tax structure, lack of brick and mortar retail mm-hmm. and I'm too coffeeed up to remember what my third reason was but I think that anytime we get see the like fact humanity, that they're forced to sell year old weed how about that yarrow I mean <laughs> it, look I, I I don't I don't know what year old weed looks like um just go to uh, New York we're pretty 
we're pretty spoiled around here. But I, but I do think that you know this notion that taxes, you know, that cannabis is a cash cow, um, it has clearly shown to be a failed model. And it's it's just not fair to the entrepreneur. And and really, it's a, I think it supports the unregulated market because who's making money in regulated cannabis when they got tax upon tax upon tax upon tax upon tax? I remember once going to a cannabis. Uh, uh, they had the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. in San Francisco and they had a cannabis commission and they talked about taxing cannabis to create a fund to lend that money to social equity applicants in cannabis. And I just stood up and raised my hand and said, do you guys realize how fucking stupid you are? You wanna tax us to lend us back the money. Why don't you just not tax us, not lend us the money, and just take your foot off our neck and let the cost of business be low and reasonable and sustainable? They didn't want to do that, huh? Well, I, I, at least I didn't get ejected from the meeting. Oh, man. You didn't get silenced and canceled, huh? <laughs> what you, what, I mean, I, you, know, you know what I really wonder? Th this lady says she doesn't, she doesn't care about the excise tax or whatnot. I want to know how much this lady makes to, to not— well Listen, I it to me it sounds like perhaps there's some confusion. I don't know anybody in anywhere that wants to pay more, like wants to pay more. Yeah. The, I think I think this lady's a psyop. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. She's been hanging around with Taylor Swift. Oh, mm -hmm. I like T Sweezy. But you know what? <laughs> um, I do know Nikki. She has a really good heart, and I think that I don't know. This sounds maybe a bit out of context. I'm not sure. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. That's how the article said it. I mean, that's 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 how I'm reading it. That's how how, how the print was printed. So I could be wrong. It could be taken I'm out sure. of context, but I don't know the lady. But I think I, 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 I want to know how much she makes. Taxes, I want I want to know how much she makes since excise tax don't affect her budget at all. I'm just I'm just shocked I mean, by that. I want to I want to pay taxes. I want to pay the taxes necessary. To support society yeah, but we're talking about for and to patients. have a greater about for safety patients. net for those that don't have what ideally they should have, right? Taxes in and of themselves are not inherently evil. It's how much and what do we do with that paper? And so, and no, I have a fundamental problem with taxing a medicine. I just have a fundamental problem with that. I think medical programs and shouldn't so, be taxed, and, and a lot and, of them and, and, are. And that's, and that's what we're talking about here: is is the medical is, is on the medical side is removing the excise tax on medical products. I, I mean, the cost of medication, whether you're talking plants and nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals in this country, is criminal. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it really is criminal. Yes, yes. All right, we're. I'm gonna. I am going to uh, roll right on into the final story, and this goes into like what's been a theme. So I want to, you know, share my condolences with the victim's family for this story. But a Chinese national accused of murdering four at an illegal Oklahoma medical marijuana farm sentenced to life in prison. You guys, a Chinese national who admitted to fatally shooting four people at an illegal marijuana operation at an at an Oklahoma farm has been sentenced to life in prison. Chen Wu, 47, pleaded guilty to a court hearing on Friday to four counts of first-degree murder and to one count of assault and battery with a deadly weapon in connection with the November 20th, 2022 killings. The Associated Press reported uh, cited court uh, court records. Uh, prosecutors say Wu, also known as Wu Chen in jail records, uh, fatally shot three men and a woman in a garage at the farm 
on at the farm west of Hennessy, a town about 55 miles northwest of Oklahoma City, within minutes of him demanding they return $300,000 he had put into the grow operation. Authorities have said Wu and all the victims were Chinese citizens and that the marijuana growing operation on a 10-acre farm was operating under an illegally obtained license to grow marijuana for medical purposes. Killed in the attack were Quirong Ling, Chen He Chun, uh, Chen He Quang, and Fang Hai Li. Uh, the court documents show a fifth person, Ye Fei, Lin was wounded. Uh, Wu was arrested in Florida two days after the shooting when the vehicle he was driving was flagged by a tag reader. Miami Beach police said he was later extradited to Oklahoma. As part of a plea agreement, Wu was sentenced to life in prison without parole for each of the murder counts and given a 20-year prison term for the assault charge. He will serve his sentences uh, uh, concurrently and in quotes, this case should serve as a reminder of the dangers surrounding illegal marijuana activity in Oklahoma, said King Fischinger, uh, Kingfisher District County Attorney Tommy Humphreys, according to the Oklahoman. Authorities later hit uh, Yi Fi Win with a separate assault charge that that case is still pending, and a man by the name was listed in court, a, a, a man by the same name was listed in court documents as being the 25% owner of of that same medical marijuana farm. The quadruple homicide investigation led to the arrest of 35-year-old Richard Ignacio, accused of being the straw or ghost owner of the medical marijuana farm, uh, KFOR reported, and Ignacio allegedly false, falsely and fraudulently obtained the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority license and Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics registration necessary to manufacture marijuana by falsely claiming 75% ownership in Lou and Chen Incorporated. In order to meet residency ownership requirements for licensing and manufacturing pursuant to Oklahoma law, according to the court documents in Oklahoma, the 75% owner of the marijuana business has to have lived in the state for two years and is required to be involved in the day-to-day -day management of the operation. Ignacio allegedly agreed to fraudulently put in his name on the license. Prosecutor said Ignacio subsequently turned over control of the farm to the 25% owner listed as Yi Yi Lin, a Chinese national who was not eligible to obtain an OMMA license or OBN registration on his own. He allegedly did so after being promised payments of $2,000 per month. Court documents said Ignacio ad admitted to lending his name to six different Oklahoma marijuana farms, earning him over 100000 over the prior two years for doing so. In December of 2023, Ignacio and two others, Kevin Paul Fram and Alexander Shang Ling Chang, were indicted on 13 felony counts by the Oklahoma multi-county grand jury in connection with the Lou and Chen farm scheme, where the four killings unfolded roughly a year earlier southwest ledger news reported the face either individually or collectively charges of conspiracy filing uh, false or forged documents and illegal manufacturing of marijuana trafficking in methamphetamine possession of a firearm after multiple prior felony convictions uh, financial transactions involving proceeds of fraudulent activities and engaging in a pattern of criminal offenses according to the outlet which reported all three defendants appeared in kingfisher county district court pled not guilty and were released on 
bond. Oklahoma's voters legalized medical cannabis back in 2018, and Governor Kevin Stitt later signed a bill into law in 2022 to put a two-year moratorium on new medical marijuana grower, dispensary, and processor licenses in the state, and lawmakers had warned of limited enforcement resources and operations involving out-of-state and foreign actors exploiting in-state residency requirements, NBC News reported. Authorities have also sounded the alarm about an increase in black market operators exploiting human trafficking victims, including Chinese nationals, to grow and trim marijuana sold in legal dispensaries, according to NBC. Man, oh man, oh man. Some craziness happening out in Oklahoma. What do you guys think about all of this going on? I just think that it supports my assertion that prohibition and FUBAR regulation are the reasons why there's cannabis-adjacent violence, property loss, casualties, fatalities. And so I don't blame the plant. I blame the fact that there's been years and years of boots kicking down doors, Mm -hmm. followed by years and years of them stepping on operators next with burdensome taxes. And these issues are cannabis adjacent. And it's not the plant to blame, but it is the relationship that our governments, both federal, state, and local, have had in relationship to treating this just like a high-value industry that doesn't have a stigma attached. Mm -hmm. And we don't have these problems in other high-value industries that don't have that stigma attached. And so it's sad. It's sad because when these things happen, cannabis gets splashed into the headlines, and it's not the plant's fault. Mm -hmm. But it is the prohibition history, and it is the FUBAR regulations. And until we fix both of those, I think we're going to continue to see these things, this article, the BHO article, You know, people are just trying to be out there and do their thing, and we don't have a framework that allows people to just be entrepreneurs and business owners and 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 medicine makers in a way that allows them to be safe and and to and to strip these issues away from what is otherwise a noble pursuit and a really really exciting industry. Mm -hmm. Any thoughts, Mandy? Any thoughts? No. I don't have anything to add on that. Okay. Fair enough. Fair, fair, fair enough. Oh, yes. And we're going to get out of here. Thank you all so much for joining us for another episode of High at Nine News. We are America's number one daily cannabis news show. Thank you to our correspondents. And thank you to you at the audience at home tuning in, watching all of the craziness that is the developing cannabis industry. Hope you all have an amazing day today. <laughs>